Pass Edge Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. It's tax day, baby. I hope you're listening to this while you're on your way to the post office and you're headed for a big refund. Hopefully you can buy some new fishing equipment, but welcome to Bass Edge Radio, April 15th edition. Excited to be here, Aaron. Another quality Bass Edge Radio show. Oh, no doubt. It's always fun. It's that time of year. We talked about it last episode and things uh, keep heating up literally as the year goes on. And certainly we have to bring up our longtime partner and that is MegaWare Keelguard. You know, Kurt, the uh, MegaWare Keel Guard Keel Protector gets a lot of love, probably because it was the first do-it-yourself Keel Protector. But one thing that I appreciated a lot last week was the Skeg Guard. Low water. Guess what? Boat ramp. Uh, forgot mm-hmm. to trim my motor up a little bit. And... Uh, Heard this noise coming in. I thought for sure I got my prop, but you know what? The MegaWare Skeg Guard protected me and my investment. So make sure to check out all of MegaWare's products by visiting them at KeelGuard.com. Definitely have to do that. I, I got to say this, Aaron, the older I get, the flex step is what's got me going because the first thing you're going to do when you jump out of that boat is bust up a knee because I'm going to be an old man and you ain't no young Weber snapper either. <laughs> so, uh, age, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so we're both starting to feel that pain of jumping in and out of the boat so uh if the pain gets too strong be sure you check out that megaware flex step also all new design they came out with a couple years ago so uh it's an awesome product no doubt and uh i've got one word for you and i might say it the one word several times because i just like saying it ditch melons Talk to me about that. <laughs> Ditch melons. Yeah, man. Obviously, you're keeping up with uh, Kumar's Bass Blaster. Got to give Jay some love. Make sure you sign up for the Bass Blaster. You can do that by sending an email to BassBlaster at BassGold.com and get on the deal because Ditch Melons are always showing up. That's right, Aaron. I've seen uh, 13, 14 pounders, just giant fish that Jay displays on his Bass Blaster email. It's so easy to get. And you can also get some great tips, new products. One of those new products that I've seen on the Blaster recently was Lure Lock. Lure Lock is a uh, system that you can... Is that so nobody steals your lures or... Yeah, exactly. That would be also very nice to have. But but actually, this system is similar to a plastic crankbait box. So you've got this, uh, you can put all your crankbaits in there. And what happens with lure lock is they have this kind of sticky adhesive that's in the bottom so that if you dump your uh, lures or you turn your box over or it's, you know, running down the lake and the lid flies off or you're showing somebody some lures and stuff like that, they're stuck to the bottom of the plastic lure tray. So it's very cool. It's called Lure Lock. It's going to keep your lures all in place, not running around. Another thing that's going to help is that the hooks won't get all jammed up with one another. So it'll help yourself be tangle-free as we put 15 crankbaits in one little compartment. That's that's exactly what I was going to say is, you know, one of the frustrations is because I – Obviously, I try and cram way too much in those boxes, but when you get your square bills or wiggle warts or everything else, and then you go to grab one out and you're trying to grab it and you bring 15 with it, you know? Yeah, 100%. So uh, be sure you get on the program here with uh, the Bass Blaster. You can sign up with Jay Kumar's Bass Blaster by sending an email to BassBlaster at BassGold.com, and uh, that is the way to get signed up. Keep up with the Ditch Melons. Keep up with the new technologies that's coming out in the fishing industry, and uh, hey, 
hey, look, we're going to keep up with some tips as we've got a new Protect the Harvest tackle tip coming for you right now. This episode's ProtectTheHarvest.com tackle tip with none other than show host Aaron Martin. How many times have we heard on Bass Edge Radio the often overused cliches of fish your strengths or let the fish tell you what they want? Well, a lot of times the fish aren't even opening their mouth to tell you what they want, let alone to eat. So when those times, whether it's because of weather conditions, water level changing, or quite frankly, they're just in a funk, often what you need to do is completely abandon those past thoughts, fishing the past or the history, and change it up completely. When you actually go out and try new things and completely go to new areas of the bodies of water of which you're targeting and fish new baits, sometimes those can produce the results that have eluded you, whether it be during practice or that fun day of fishing on the water. So next time you're out there and things just don't seem to be working, don't hesitate, take a risk, try something new, including both areas of the water that you're fishing as well as bait. Hopefully that will help you work through those tough times when you're out there trying to put a bass in the boat. Great advice, Aaron. Great tip. Thanks. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. The Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Live Well, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. Always a pleasure coming back from a short break because uh, I get to think about all the cool stuff we've been doing lately in the fishing industry. And um, I think this highlight has to be your recent trip up there to, uh, or I should say down there from St. Louis to Springfield. And you had the opportunity to visit the newly voted, I guess it was last fall, it was voted the number one new attraction in America. What did you think of it? My and Malia had spring break. So we uh, took some time, went down to Big Cedar, which that place is obviously nice, right on Table Rock Lake, uh, one of my favorite lakes in America. But uh, we took a day, went up to the Wonders of Wildlife. Of course, uh, you know, the home of the granddaddy, Bass Pro, Nitro Boats. But we allowed four hours and did not have enough time. So the Wonders of Wildlife last year, again, I just want to let everybody know, voted the number one new attraction in America right there on site at the Grand daddy of all bass pros in springfield missouri yeah so allow plenty of time it is well worth the money just on the aquarium side you go from salt water to and 
you cannot imagine. They have sharks. They have every species. The aquariums are, you know, I thought shed aquarium was cool. Uh, this is just unbelievable. So you kind of go from salt water into fresh water. They have this whole room of like the Louisiana swamp. And then you go out to like the oil rigs in the bayou of, of Louisiana. I don't want to say too much, but there's obviously live alligators, thousands upon thousands of different species of fish. The attention to detail is unbelievable. As you kind of work your way through, one of the highlights, Kurt, is they actually had the uh, bass fishing. Of course, they have the Freshwater Hall of Fame, the, you know, some of the saltwater stuff. Then they have the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. So getting to see all of the plaques of people that's been inducted, jerseys, write-ups, old lures, just absolutely unbelievable. I could see that being a phenomenal sight. How big is the freshwater bass fishing section along with the uh, Bass Fishing Hall of Fame there? It's large. I mean, perspective-wise, I would say 25 to 30% of the complex. You have uh, a couple freshwater segments. The Bass Fishing Hall of Fame, when you enter in that, so it kind of transfers from one geographical area into the next, and you don't realize kind of what you're doing. But then as you enter into the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame, it's one of the original Ranger boats, the very first one. They restored it, and it's sitting right there in the entrance. And of course, back in the days of Ray Scott and Bob Cobb and Forrest Wood and Johnny Morse of, of just how he, you know, started selling lures in his garage and dad's uh, liquor stores. I mean, right, just, right. just really, really neat. As you can tell, I, I thought a lot of it. And what I was going to end with, Kurt, too, they have uh-huh. a, a, a plaque to where they've started kind of etching. You know, I think they've got about your right ear. And then. Oh, OK. So, yeah, okay. A, a little more. They hard. called me about that. Yeah. They called me work. about that last fall. And, you know, I told them I wasn't done with my legacy yet. Yeah, yeah. So they said, look, we'll start the sketch small and kind of work it into as the legacy grows. So I'm glad you took notice of that. And it's surprising that you could recognize me. But we spend so much time together. I guess it doesn't surprise me so much. You know, I was going to say something about that. But don't take, you know, if you keep the, <laughs> keep the work up, just because it was happens to be a little bit outside of the Hall of Fame hanging above the men's journal, you're well on your way, man. Dude, you don't know this, but um, I actually had a friend of mine post that. You know, you know how they put the little newspapers above the urinal, oh, so yeah, you've got yeah. something, Off to, the wall you know, advertising. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you got to be somewhere. You know, if that's the only place you can be, I'll take it, bro. I, pr- I promise it. you have a captive audience. So <laughs> that is awesome, dude. That sounds like such a good time to go to that museum, and certainly I will put that on my list in my road travels. Hopefully, I get there later on this summer, maybe when I'm headed up to. Uh, Lake St. Clair. Usually that takes me right by Springfield. But uh, without further ado, my friend, we have a Bass Edge, essentially almost a partner with us today on our Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. Stay tuned. We're going to talk a little dock fishing. This is 2018 Bassmaster Elite Angler Chris Pro. This is FLW Cup Co-Angler Champ Brian News. I am Pro Angler Clark Green. This is BASS Angler of the Year Greg Hackney. I am Pro Angler Bill Owen, and you are locked in to Bass Edge Radio. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. 
Bass Edge Nation. Today, we chat about spring dock fishing with longtime Bass Edge friend and Lucas Oil pro angler, Bill McDonald. Welcome back to the show, Bill. Hey, thanks for having me back. I really appreciate being on there. Well, Bill, uh, you certainly bring the goods when it comes to fishing, and this in particular, you know, dock fishing, like Kurt had mentioned. But the FLW Tour will move into some familiar territory for you in May and June. You've won a coast on Kentucky Lake and finished second in the 2012 FLW Tour Open on the Detroit River. You must be looking forward to these events. I'm always looking forward to going to those two places. Like I said, they've been very good to me over the years, and I can't wait to get back at them. They're fantastic fisheries and should end up being very good tournaments. Well, that's just a, a tip for all you Bass Edge listeners that are on that FLW Fantasy Fishing. You better take Bill into account because he's coming in those last two events, and it's it should be an exciting end to what has so far been a very interesting year on the FLW Tour. Bill, it also very interesting is we saw recently the uh, Bassmaster Classic go down at Lake Hartwell with Jordan Lee fishing docks, and uh, we kind of want to break that down a little bit further for those anglers looking to fish some docks this spring what makes docks such an important piece of cover during this time of year well docks are the perfect piece of cover i mean it depends on what time of the year is but dock gives shade you know depending on how the dock's made whether it's got the black floats which brings heat whether it's a post dock it's got vertical cover you know, you got docks close to deep water. You got them by channel swings. You got them on rock. You got them in the very backs of pockets. It just makes the perfect cover. I mean, there is no better cover than a dock. So, Bill, speaking of that, which I could not agree more, you know, they're able to move under their comfort food. You know, all of those things are very important for the life of a bass. But when you get on some of these lakes, you know, I know you've and I and Kurt have, have spent time, say, on Lake the Ozarks. You could pick any lake that's littered with docks. How do you find? the right docks that's kind of the uh, key word there when water temperatures are in that mid 50 degree range if it's in that mid 50 degree range i'm going to start on what i would call the north side of the lake they're going to warm up quicker because the sun's on the south so i'm going to go into those bays and pockets in there and i'll start at the mouth and start working my way back i'll look at the channel swing docks first see if you know they're on those deeper docks because when it's cold like that a bass likes to have vertical cover where it can come straight up or go straight back down so the back of the dock might be five six foot of water but that front of the dock depending on the dock could be in 20 or 30 foot of water and that 50 degree type deal that's always a good deal and i'm looking for like i said rock wood something that's going to hold some heat in there that, that attracts those fish if they got brush piles underneath of them or some type of cover under them that even makes it better that's a great tip so it sounds like your first inclination isn't really is the right cover around the dock but it's really the right structure around the dock and and how do you go about obviously you know if you're launching on a on a new lake or a lake that you haven't spent a lot of time on or those types of situations how do you look for finding the right structure around a dock prior to your outing that, that you know you're in a right area or while you're running around the lake you're looking for that right structure area for these pre-spawn docks well like i said i'm trying to go off seasonal patterns i try to do my homework on the internet i try to do everything from you know then i go to my units you know, you can sit there, you can do all your mapping out on your units as you start. But then, like I said, I'm looking for bait fish on them deals and go in there. Then you just start fishing them. And then once you get a bite, 
then you can break it down and start think, where do I need to go from here? Gotcha. And what kind of techniques are you looking for on these docks in this early pre-spawn cycle of behavior? You know, some of those favorite lures that you feel like are getting the job done for you better than some others. When it's like that, I think you can start with four baits, basically. You can take a jerk bait and, you know, you can take a suspended jerk bait. You can take a deep jerk bait, depending on the depth of that dock, a jig, an ocho, and then a uh, small swim bait. You know, whether it's three and three quarters or four and three quarters, somewhere in there with a ball head jig on it, and you can break those docks down. You know, Bill, certainly different parts of the country. Here we are mid-April. Uh, further south, the spawn's already happened. You know, middle, it's going on. North, pre-spawn. But as bass move into the spawning phase or are in the spawning phase, do you change the type of dock and the locations and how you find fish positioning during that behavioral cycle? I'll work my way to the back more. You know, I'll look for them small pockets and you know you just gotta be smart about it you know them fish don't have to go all the way to the backs of a pocket them fish that live on the main lake are gonna stay on the main lake so they'll go them little short pockets out on the main lake but as you go back like i said you're just looking for the shallowest docks when it comes to the spawn or the shallowest place behind the docks you know a lot of those docks like i said front of it might be in 20 or 30 foot of water, but that walkway on the backside of that dock might be in three or four or five foot of water. And it depends on that lake too, how deep those fish spawn because of the water clarity. You know, if you're on a lake of the Ozarks where that water is really, really clear, it's one thing. If you're on Lake Barkley, you know, it's a whole lot dirtier. So those fish will spawn a little deeper on Lake of the Ozarks and then what they'll spawn on uh, Lake Barkley. You know, it's interesting, Bill, you see different types of docks on different types of lakes, obviously steady water, steady level, constant level lakes, you know, have a lot of pole docks. Sometimes I have the most difficult time on these lakes that adjust to like, like the Ozarks or Kentucky Lake, and you've got all these cables around these docks and stuff. How do you maintain or how do you combat this issue of, of all these cables and stuff? It really keeps, I think, a lot of anglers away from those areas. I know sometimes I get frustrated with trying to, you know, jack with getting behind the dock, especially in this cycle that Aaron's talking about, this spawning phase, because they'll get on that back edge. How do you deal with that situation with all those cables and stuff? And what are some of the techniques you like to use? And then, you know, just physically, how do you deal with that issue? Cables are a pain. I'm not going to lie. They are a pain (laughs) to fish around. But the thing of it is, just like you said, you and a lot of other guys don't like to mess with them. So that makes them a very productive area to go fish and my mindset is i start the day out you know i know i'm going to break a few fish off it's going to happen when you got cables learn to be a very good skipper be able to skip up underneath those cables and sometimes official position itself where basically you have to go over a cable to get that fish to bite and do a lot of praying and hope that that fish comes over that cable when you're in that position like you had just mentioned when you talk about positioning themselves and given the time of year that we're in and kind of the question of pertaining to spawn those walkways right those floats that's under the walkway when you've got you know four or six cables that's crisscrossing like you said sometimes there's no choice you have to go over and i'm curious do you change the line size or rod size or any of that type of stuff to armor up if you will oh it depends on the water color and how finicky the fish are a lot of times i'll just throw 15 pounds if you don't panic and you take your time with that fish 
especially on tournament day, everybody gets excited and they want to jerk as hard as they can and jerk that fish over the cable. If you take your time, a lot of times you can swim those fish over some of those cables that's right at the water line and just take your time. And like I said, some of them you're going to break off and just stay calm, stay cool. It's going to happen. But you got enough of those targets, you'll get your opportunities again. Some people like to throw braid on them. I don't like the braid deal. I just do not like to do that myself personally. Gotcha. And what about the final thing we're talking about the uh, spawning stuff? How about techniques that work for you in this spawn cycle? You know, you talked about a swim bait and a jig and some of the other techniques. I think it was an Ocho that you like to use when they're in that pre-spawn phase. How does that change now that we've kind of moved in this spawn cycle on techniques that you'll use on docks? Uh, the Ocho is always a key player, you know, whether you're wacky rigger or how you rig it. I mean, it always comes into play on the spawn. I throw a lot of rage bugs during that time and rage crawls. And, you know, I want to be able to see my bait. So I'll throw a lot of white baits just so I can see them and see how that fish reacts to it. And then you've always got to have a tube ready, you know, to flip out there as well. And you just play with it. And, and there's a time and time again, you can take a small tube and you play around that fish and you don't want it. I've seen it where you can take a big jig, a half ounce jig with a big rage crawl on the back of it, flip it in there and a fish will kill it. You got to play around and figure out what bait actually aggravates that fish. Gotcha. Great stuff. How about the uh, final question on the docks? Stained water docks versus clear water docks. Are you trying to find a specific water color for the application of fishing docks or does it transcend all water colors and it really doesn't bother you what it is or you know what the uh condition of the water is i don't think it really matters at all i mean you, you got to fish what you're comfortable fishing lake of the ozarks i can fish from the dam or all the way up the river it doesn't matter and like I said you go up the river they're more stained some guys flip out because they can see the fish and they think the fish can see them which they can but i feel comfortable like i said fishing either one of them the stained docks you can get a little closer you can be you know, a little more aggressive on them. But on the uh, clear docks, you know, you got to stay back and make a little bit longer cast on them. And if you're fishing those stained docks, especially in the spawn deal, you can't see the fish, but you just got to visualize and think about where they would spawn. They want something over their head or they want something vertical by them. So you just look at those type of targets and you go fish them. So those are great tips. And we're going to take a fast break with FLW Tour Pro Bill McDonald. He'll be right back just after these messages. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio, presented in part by PowerPole Shallow Water Anchor Systems, returns with the 2018 FLW Tour Pro Angler, Bill McDonald, and our Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil high-performance marine products. From real oils to two-cycle outboard oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements, visit the BassEdge.com store for all of their products. It works. All right, Bill. Great segment, that first thing, breaking down docks. One thing that I was kind of thinking about during the break that we didn't touch upon yet as we move later on into the fish behavioral patterns with this next discussion is boat positioning. 
how important, number one, is bow position? Can you get close to the docks? Does it matter? Do you like to keep your distance? You know, one thing I've always wondered, too, is lures. You know, if you're trying to skip a bait in there, if you hit the dock, do you think that kills your chances for catching a fish? So let's talk a little bit about boat positioning and how you like to maintain that through fishing a dock. And then just that little add on there at the end. Does it really matter if you make a bad skip and you ping (laughs) on that dock? Does that affect the fish? You ask about the boat positioning. Boat positioning, you know, is a key. Because like I said, you want to make sure you've got the right angle to make that right cast. You know, if you find out they're on the corners of the docks, your boat positioning is not so critical. But, you know, if you're trying to skip up underneath those floats, you want to make sure you got the right line to get it up underneath there. And, you know, power poles helps a bunch when you can get there and you can drop those poles and then you can make it exactly where you want it to go is a key. And, you know, guys all the time are like, you know, you hit a dock and you get the big ping and everybody's like, I don't know, you know, that this dock's screwed. Not really. I mean, I've been lakes in the fall. Those acorns are falling. They're pinging all over it. You still catch fish. No big deal. And if you skip in there and you set the hook and that fish is there just for a second and comes off, don't leave. Shoot back in there again. Everything that fish bites, sticks, pricks, bites, scratches, claws it, whatever, they will bite again. So don't be afraid to skip back in there. If you lose a fish, a lot of times they'll turn around and come right back and eat it again. Hey, Bill, one thing that you brought up, you know, was power poles. And one thing that I would like to add is they're not just used around docks for positioning your boat stationary. When you get on a lake that has a tremendous amount of docks, I'll lower them down part ways. That way I have better boat control as I'm coming around, you know, you're motoring around and if they're on what we call the front sides or the back sides, and you've got to go completely around the dock, it kind of keeps your boat from banging in too. So I think that's another great way. Oh, definitely. Without a doubt, the power are great asset. Power poles have so many uses that uh, are still being discovered, but uh, I even use that too when I'm on a deeper type dock and I'm just, you know, loading my boat just to keep the boat rash down. I throw the poles down. They kind of spread out a little bit farther than the back end of my boat and I can keep the boat rash down too. So that's a great tip while fishing that you can utilize your power poles for that as well. Bill, as we move into the post-spawn of how fish will continue to utilize dock, What do you see behavioral-wise that fish will continue to use docks and techniques? Do they change or is it a little more of the same? It's a little more of the same. When they go into that post-spawn, of course, I'm looking for those bluegill beds that's close to those docks. You know, those fish are underneath there to, to fatten up and to feed up, and that's when your side vision comes into play in a big way. You can find those brush piles underneath there where those fish will come in there. They want to lay. They want to rest. And they don't want to work real hard to get something to eat. So right there, they can get a bluegill here and there. And they're just laying there resting up. And they're very vulnerable at that time. Now, on that, when you're talking about a bluegill, are you changing colors to kind of match and to mimic the colors? Is it getting kind of away from the traditional crawdad shad colors, Bill? I got a color that I like to throw. It's called Chameleon that Strike King makes. And it's got a little green pumpkin. It's got a little blue. It's got a little bit of everything in it. And it mimics a bluegill really, really well. And that's one that I've had a lot of success with. And there again, I let the watercolor kind of dictate, you know, what color you throw. As a general rule, the lighter the watercolor, the cleaner the water, the lighter the bait, the darker the water, the dirtier it is, the darker the bait. So, Bill, as we move into the next cycle of early summer, is there a point where you decide to kind of abandon docks and they're not one of your primary targets versus other cover and structure that's available in the lake? Or are you a dock guy? You know, you just docking it all 
fall, the you know, first eight months of the year? Well, there's a time that some of the offshore stuff is your best chance to win a tournament. So you kind of got to follow that type of pattern. But docks are productive year round. I mean, it's just like people. Some people live in the city, some live in the suburbs, some live in the country. Bass are the same way. There's some fish that just live on docks their whole life. They never leave them. You know, they'll move from the shallow part of a dock to the deeper part of the dock, but they live there year round. So, I mean, you got to fish your strengths at that time. If you think the docks is your best way to be productive and to catch them, then that's what you need to stick with. But if you want to go out and fish those ledges where some of them fish move out and group up a little bit better, where you can set and, you know, fish two or three ledges, maybe and catch a limit instead of fishing a bunch of docks, then that's what you need to do. Well, last question before we head into the uh, Mercury uh, listener question segment. What are basic fundamentals of when you feel docks are, are most productive throughout the year? Oh, definitely. The pre-spawn and spawn are the most productive without a doubt. And then it'll roll back around till fall time. You know, once those fish, the shad start moving back in the backs of those bays, I mean, it's just a great way for those fish to intercept those shad as they're moving back. Those are three times a year that I think are the most productive. Good stuff, Bill. We're going to move right into the Mercury Marine listener question segment. Today's question comes from James Dorman. James asks, hey, guys, up here in Montana, the weather is turning slightly warmer and the ice will be coming off soon. When fishing for smallmouth, if the water temp is in the high 30s, low 40s at ice out, what depth are you looking at targeting smallmouth and what would be your go to bait? in the boat well i've never been to montana and fish so the depths i can't actually comment completely on but i fish a lot of lake erie when that water temperature's in that 36 to 40 degree right after ice out and it's probably the most productive time of the year to really go up there and catch a really big big smallmouth. and for that time of year I like long lining tubes. I'll put a tube on a three eighths ounce jig head and long lining. I'll make long, long casts. Still let a lot of line out. Either let the wind drift me or I'll use a trolling motor to make a drag. And what I'm looking for there are shoals that maybe that shoal will come up at 20, 25 feet or the edge of a ledge where them fish will winter at. And by long lining, you just let a lot of line out. And it's just dragging along and it'll pop up every time it hits a little rock or imperfection in the bottom. And those smallmouth will just load up on your bait. All right, there you go. Bill knows some about catching big smallies. So I'd take that to the bank, James. We appreciate you sending in the question of Bass Edge and, of course, for your support here on Bass Edge Radio. Please be sure to contact through our Facebook page or email us, support at BassEdge.com. You can also go directly to Bass Edge. Edge.com and click the claim your prize tag to receive your Bass Edge gift. And a reminder to all Bass Edge listeners, keep sending in those questions to the show via our website, BassEdge.com, to have a shot at winning the gift card. You may also email us, support at BassEdge.com, or leave us a comment there on any of our social media applications. Bill, that is a wrap for another great Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight, and uh, quite ironic, I guess, in the fact that uh, you're the Lucas Oil Pro and the segment is actually sponsored by Lucas Oil. So uh, with that, any closing thoughts of how we can kind of wrap up here? 
get out there every chance you get. You know, every day is a chance of catching a, a big fish. Right now, we're in mid-April, and there's no better time to be on the water. When those trees are budding out and blooming, you definitely want to be there because those big ones are coming up. That's right. I like to be out there this time of year because it's the easiest time to catch fish. <laughs> <laughs> Affirmative. I'm right with you. <laughs> so it's always fun. Bill, thanks for being here. We're going to send you off, though, with our four last questions for you segment. You ready for this? I'm ready. Let's shoot. All right. What is your favorite song? Uh, I can only imagine. And who's that by? Mercy Me. Mercy Me. There you go. Okay, I have to look that one up. What lake would you like to retire on and why? Uh, it'd be Kentucky Lake. And the reason why, it's just such a versatile fishery and it has all types of cover. If you want to ledge fish, you want to dock fish. Uh, we used to have grass. It's gone right now, but lots of stumps, lots of rock. It's just a, an awesome fishery. What is the last picture you took with your phone? Remember, this is, <laughs> this is PG, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> my garage. Uh, my garage looks like a bomb went off in it, and I've been told by my wife I have to get things cleaned up. So I took a before picture last night, and I've been working on it. So. <laughs> awesome. And who will win your pick for the 2018 FLW Angler of the Year? I'm going to pick Mark Rose. You know, Mark's always been close, and uh, he's close again this year, and don't count him out. Awesome, Bill. Well, thanks so much, man. Again, super appreciate you being on the show. Bass Edge Radio will return right after this message. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Keel Guard keel protectors. Another great interview. Appreciate Billy Mack being with us. And uh, also, as mentioned several times, a, a loose soil angler pro that uh, brought the goodies with some dock fishing, talking early spring, spawn, post-spawn, and even some summertime dock fishing. I mean, Billy said it. It's a 12-month-a-year piece of structure cover that's in lots of lakes throughout the U.S. No doubt. It really is. And I think one of the often overlooked, you know, a lot of people talk about flipping docks in that spring slash fall. One of my favorite times, Kurt, is dead summer and you know you take a highland or a clear water reservoir let's just say bull shoals or table rock right one of the things that we do there is uh, use the spoons and we go out on those bigger commercial docks off the ends and you start uh, pitching a spoon and piece of lead in there just like you do a jig and you're eventually going to find them you know you start out on the deeper side and work your way in closer and once you find them generally they are schooled up under just one boat stall yes nobody has probably exposed that better over the last 
probably two or three years than uh, a past Bass Edge guest, James Watson. And uh, you've seen him do it on Major League Fishing and how he's been able to really catch tons of fish under one dock. It's crazy how those docks hold those fish, especially in the summer, into the fall. I mean, you know, again, I go back to what Billy Max said, that it's a 12-month piece of structure, piece of cover that you can do so much with. Just in case you missed that episode, that was episode 219 right here on Bass Edge Radio. James Watson was talking about winning ways and talking about table rock fishing and dock fishing specifically. But now, as I mentioned, since that episode, we have seen it multiple times on Major League Fishing. I have a little tidbit that actually at Lake Lanier's FLW Tour event this past March, James caught a really good bag on some docks as well using the same technique, Aaron, that you're talking about. So uh, it transcends all types of fisheries in all parts of the country with that jig and spoon on the docks in the summer. Yeah, no doubt. Certainly a great way if you have the opportunity and the conditions are right and happen to find yourself on those type of lakes with those docks. Definitely have that in my hand basically all year. So, Kurt, unfortunately, another great episode. But once again, my friend, the clock has ticked out from under us. We need to move on down the road. We appreciate all of Bass Edge Nation tuning us in for their support, all the anglers that were lucky and fortunate enough to uh, give us their time and kind of their insights we look forward to already may 1st episode coming up episode number 279 will be on cue next time for kurt dove i am aaron martin and the rest of the bass edge crew we look forward to seeing you right here the edge is presented by megaware keel guard for more information on bass edge or to shop at the bass edge online store visit bassedge.com and be sure to join kurt dove and aaron martin right here on another episode of the edge brought to you in part by nitro boats lucas oil protecttheharvest.com mercury marine lawrence electronics power pole and rapaholic.com 